this is Pam and this is Must Love Food. Thanks for joining me today. And I've got a full house here. Got the team, uh, Maddie, Teresa, Robin, John, and myself. And we are just gonna do a nice little walk run through the uh, spring issue uh, that is hopefully in your mailboxes or at your kitchen table or uh, maybe you're cooking with it. We know that some people have because we've gotten some feedback on social media with some of the recipes. So thanks for joining us today and let's dive in. We have a beautiful cover. In fact, I gifted one of these, um, well, I do send um, gift subscriptions to some friends and I've gotten a couple of great shout outs on the cover. Um, it was a really pretty shot. It's the holiday ham. So we'll talk a little bit more about that when we get to that recipe inside, but let's see. Tip. You know, we get some really good tips and, and um, there are a couple that I just want to call out because there were a couple that were really fun this time. Um, and I don't want to diss any of them because they're all good. Uh-huh. But the tortilla one and the toaster. Oh. Um, I thought, boy, when I got that in and read that one, I thought, what? What is this with toasting it on a, a tortilla on a toaster? It worked so well. <laughs> <laughs> I know it sounds funny to get your toaster out, but as a person that lives by themselves, ah. <laughs> it was a great, a great way. And you just, uh, so people read that one and, and give that one a try. You just use your toaster to toast up your tortilla and um, it works really well and puffed up and it was, it was great. Just to ask, so is the idea you lay on your toaster, you lay flat on top, the, the tortilla on top, and then you put the lever down on your toaster and with nothing in it basically, or you could toast something at the same time if you want, I guess. <laughs> well, I suppose you could, but yes, that's the idea. So use the heat from the, and then you flip the tortilla when it's laying flat on the top. It makes your toaster not so obsolete for just one little thing. <laughs> there you go, there you go. It's really, it, it, you know, it works, it, for, I suppose, for no matter how many you're doing, but really if there's just one or two of you, it right. is a, a super easy way to heat up those uh, tortillas. Um, and the other one that I really liked is the um, the olives, the frozen olives, the frozen stuffed olives. That was my favorite too, Robin. What a great idea this is. And you just take olives and you stuff the blue cheese in them. And um, then you, you know, with a, like a pastry bag or your fingers, but he uses a pastry bag and then you freeze them. You freeze the olives, the stuffed olives and use them in his, he uses them in his martinis. And uh, so it chills the martini. <laughs> You've got that's this. a super idea and your olives are ready to go whenever you need them well and then they defrost i guess as they're in the drink right so by, by the time you get to the end of the drink you're ready to eat it and it's kept your drink chilled well the other thing is a nice little thing to mention too is if you don't have a pastry bag um a good thing in a pinch you need the you need the i mean you can do it probably without the the tip but you can also use a resealable plastic bag and just cut off one of the corners put your little tip in and mm-hmm. use a p- plastic bag if you don't have a pastry bag absolutely absolutely so uh yes that one was really fun too i when i first got that one also i thought what what is he what is he telling me to do here and i thought boy i don't know um I'm, I'm a skeptic when it comes to a lot of the tips that come in, but boy, I, you know, we test them. I test them. And, uh, oh, this is good. <laughs> <laughs> and so when we went to shoot them and then Teresa said, what, what is this? <laughs> and, uh, and I'm a believer. Yeah. So, so just wanted to call out a couple of them. They're, they're all good. They really are. We, we had some good ones in this issue, of course. So I want to thank everybody that, that sends in tips because I do read them and we do test them. One of the most well-read columns, if not the most well-read columns, as we've heard. So uh, cheers to that. <laughs> so keep them coming, people. Keep them coming. Yes. Uh, John, is there anything in particular and in the now that you want to kind of mention? Um, I was concerned and I need to follow up on this, actually. Uh, the Grateful Dead bars were a special edition, so I'm not sure if they're still available, <laughs> but I, I need to check up on that. Um, so it be uh, don't be surprised if you can't actually get them. I don't know. And if you can't find the um, the Grateful Dead chocolate, I would say any Vosges chocolate is fantastic. I think Absolutely. they were the originator in the um, sort of 
high-end, unique chocolate market, I think, if I remember. Yeah. Um, exactly. Their stuff is fantastic. They have plenty of products there. Yeah. If you and very, very flavor combinations. Mm -hmm. um, and John, I've never heard of um, the, if, you, if I'm pronouncing this correctly, the Yapon. Yeah, I, um, I don't know, so I, I think I've just seen the word. I didn't know what it was. And right. then to see that it was this uh, tea, and it was nice tea. It was really, really, um, and I think it's sort of related to actual uh, tea tea or green tea or the tea plant. But um, no, and, and it tasted, it came off exactly like uh, a regular cup of black tea. So interesting about that is that they're, I guess, almost terroir in their different uh, styles of tea because they come from different uh, river valleys in Texas. Well, and I love that there it doesn't have tannins and it won't turn bitter. Mm -hmm. I know I've been drinking a lot of tea this uh, um, season. <laughs> yeah, for some reason, I've just started just hitting the tea in the afternoon. It's been really mm -hmm. nice. So. It is it is caffeinated. Okay. Yeah, it is. But uh, yes, I limit my caffeine these days. <laughs> so let's move into our seasonal kitchen. This is what's up, Doc. And if anybody could guess what that might be. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, a thing where I, uh, when I first developed it, I just had sort of a random assortment of things just randomly strewn about on that uh, puff pastry. And then uh, the day before shooting, I caught an image of something similar that had that chevron in, and I thought, bingo, that's what I've been looking for. So, and that was John, nice, this so. is a this is a work of art here. I mean, <laughs> well, you can hang this on your wall as art. This is so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it turned out really well, and and it's so simple uh, and tasty. Um, and John, I just had one question or kind of just clarify for people on the chevron pattern. It looks like basically what you're doing is kind of like angling, um, kind of taking one side of your, um, of your tart and you're just angling your carrots, like at a 45 degree angle one way and then opposite for the next row and then just sort of alternate. Is that how you kind of set up that chevron pattern? Yeah, exactly. And, and it's, you know, they're, they're sort of at a right angle, the carrots to each other. And then I got curious because you, where you end up with on the ends, obviously they won't fit a whole carrot. So don't be mm -hmm. afraid to cut your carrots down when you get to that point. To, so makes it fit, completes the pattern. Mm -hmm. And uh, otherwise, yeah, it, it was it was such an obvious choice once I saw it. It was like, oh yeah, that's what we need to do. So well, it's a beautiful choice. <laughs> and then. Um, I was going on, I, I looked at that carrot and feta salad, and I think when I first tried it out, I told you, uh, this is, you know, okay or whatever. And then a little while later, I'm like, and I'm still eating it, and I'm, I can't <laughs> stop. <laughs> What's going on here? And it is just this, it has it all going on. It has these different textures, you know, the crunchy iced carrots with the chewy bits of pineapple. You got uh, pistachios that fall somewhere in between. And then you have this salty sweet thing going on between the feta and the uh, uh, lemon honey dressing. So it just really nailed it uh, across the board. And yeah, that's the, the old ice water uh, curling trick is actually that's a quite well known food uh, garnish trick or hack, I guess is what they called her technique. And it works, you know, with radishes, it works with scallions. Sarah, so. Yeah, it just adds a nice little crisp to it that, you know, you never mm -hmm. thought you needed until you had it. And you're like, oh, that is really nice. Yeah, it does work out nicely. And it looks pretty. <laughs> There's that. <laughs> um, all right. So then for Cuisine Tonight, uh, we, um, we kind of bridged the season um, with a couple of chicken recipes. We've got one that's a little um, kind of heartier. Um, gumbo pot pie which you don't really see for weeknight and then a roasted chicken thigh ratatouille veggie so a little we'll use the term loosely lighter um but there's you know it's heavier on the veg and stuff but we have gotten a lot of um shout outs on these recipes on uh social media already so it seems like people are making them and enjoying them 
Uh, Robin, you want to well, share anything on this? Yeah, they're pretty tasty and, you know, not, not difficult to make. So it is a good little um, weeknight menu thing to put together because you make them and put them in the oven. Um, boy, that uh, gumbo pot pie with a puff pastry top. It's a, it's a winner <laughs> in my, um, you know, you've got the, the gumbo and, but puff pastry just says it all for me. Um, well, and not to mention there's shredded parm over the top too. So <laughs> it just gets better. Much right there because you've got two winners going on. Um, you know, and it's got a little bit of Cajun seasoning in that in the in the base there. Some sauce. It's got some chicken breast and some andouille sausage. But you know, if you can't find andouille sausage, you know where you're at. Just put a little kibasa in there. It's right that That'll way. People are have really firm opinions on gumbo and also okra. <laughs> yeah. I'm an okra person. I'm an okra person, but you know what? It's easy. If you don't like okra, just put some beans, green beans in there. Right. Double up, right? Switch it out. Oh, to, it's an or, right. Right. Just make it, no, yeah, just make it for your taste. It's okay. Sure. Yeah. So, me, I'm an okra girl. Some people would not touch it with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, there's also, usually like an okra or a filet gumbo. Isn't that kind of the, because, yeah. isn't that the two camps right. typically? Yeah. yeah right. So um, we also on that page have a nice little apple cheddar salad, which is a nice light compliment. It, it's a bright compliment to the, uh, mm -hmm. so you don't want to miss that. It is pretty tasty. Um, well, and this got some pecans, and there's it's a little sweet um, and savory, and uh, kind of really keeps it in the southern camp. Right, it's making me hungry right now. I know, um, me too. <laughs> and we're and just getting the, started. The thighs and the ratatouille veggies. Um, I just love the color of uh, of the dish, really, and I love polenta, especially soft polenta. Yeah, that's that's yeah. my preference. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it's good and. It's a sheet pan dinner, so you can't go wrong there. It's mix it, put it on that pan, and you're good to go. And then you've got that polenta, like you say, you've got that polenta to, to serve it with. It just all goes together, it melds together. It's delicious, and it's got some, um, you know, the goat cheese there to kind of make it a little bit of a sauce. It doesn't really make a sauce, but it kind of it melts, melts, and yeah. and uh, just holds the uh, flavor in there with those vegetables. It's another winner. <laughs> like it says right at the top there one pan one oven one hour it's a great uh tagline so right it really it sums up this dish completely um and it uses the uh you know bone-in chicken thighs which i think are an underused uh part of the chicken and they're yeah. it's they're good and i they're think tasty. Yeah. you got a lot of flavor and the other good thing too, like all these recipes, there's so many ways that you can make it your own. Like if you don't like chicken thighs, follow the same thing with like a breast or, you know, whatever you do enjoy, it's still good. You know, it's mm -hmm. kind of your personal preference. Like, oh, well, I'm not going to use the goat cheese. <laughs> I'm with you, Robin. I'm with you. I, my favorite uh, part of the chicken are the thighs, <laughs> bone in thighs. Right. It, Every it me a while to get to that point but I was like well why I was missing all these years <laughs> <laughs> well and then somebody I was watching or maybe it was something I was reading and it was really talking about from a health perspective it's interesting because I think a lot of people try to steer clear of like a thigh because it's a little fattier than the breast however like the breast is only sort of delivering you just protein but the thigh is giving you a little bit more, it is giving you more fat, which your body needs. And also it, it actually in the long run is, tends to be a little bit healthier because it's not just delivering straight on protein. So it's something to consider. Yeah. <laughs> just maybe fact check. Yeah. <laughs> there you Take it as you will. Um, so there you go. Two uh, nice weeknight minners. <laughs> <laughs> you, you came up with a new word, Robin, like minute dinners, minners. We'll move on. And uh, but you're not out of the hot seat yet, Robin, because you made a couple of great um, uh, coffee cake treats for us. One was a full on night cake and the other was muffin form. And one is a very springy strawberry rhubarb coffee cake. And the other were the blueberry coffee cake muffins with uh, maple syrup glaze. Um, That's right. So yes, I, with my nod to spring there is a, or 
uh, strawberry rhubarb coffee cake with the crumb topping. So strawberry rhubarb, just, you know, this time of year coming up. Mm-hmm. So we should also add that April 7th is National Coffee Cake Day. You're not relegated to only eating these on April 7th and that day only. <laughs> but, <laughs> thank goodness for that. Well, and I think something that's not being said here is that throughout the thing, uh, the coffee cake, there's little um, accents of orange throughout that really brighten the brighten and take it away uh, uh-huh. to different levels. So, yeah, you're right. Whether John. it's orange juice or orange zest. So there is a little a little punch in there from the orange. So it's uh, yeah, and then the crumb topping on top is kind of has a little touch of everything. So hopefully mm-hmm. it's got something that makes everybody happy. Um, yeah, and who doesn't love a coffee cake? Then you we've got the blueberry. Uh, coffee cake muffins um, and they have a maple syrup glaze on top of them so it's a good thing to just if you want to take it on the go and a muffin uh, with the muffins we've got you covered there blueberries are are my little favorites <laughs> they are favorites. <laughs> you're anti-rhubarb <laughs> so, cherries and cherries are my one of my favorite things in the whole world so <laughs> these are yeah um, so I can't say enough good things about these. Um, and that little glaze on the top just really kind of, uh, brings it all in and, and makes it a good little breakfast treat. So it's like coffee cake in a, in a handheld form. Well, and it was nice because you're using maple syrup in the actual muffins, but you don't really get it without that maple syrup glaze. And it just really kind of ties it all together and highlights that ingredient that you may not have thought was in there if you tasted it. Right. So it does kind of all, all tie together and they're good. Brings it home. Well, and it's just such a pretty shot too. I just, I, I make coffee in a coffee press. So this just uh, speaks to me just from a, oh, a visual standpoint too. Right. And right. Uh, makes me really want one of these with my coffee. Right. And you can yeah. use fresh or frozen berries in this one. It doesn't make sure. it. Better. So you're, you're good to go. And um, that's not a problem. Does the, uh, do the frozen strawberries uh, act like you've almost flowered them and they sort of stay more in place and don't sink or is there any rhyme to the reason there of using them straight frozen? Oh, you mean the berries? Yeah. If you were to use frozen blueberries, I mean, they don't. Yeah, they don't sink. You're right. And I think maybe it is because they kind of do act that way. Maybe it's the little ice crystals on them. I don't know. But they That's what I was just thinking. I was thinking the ice crystals, but Yeah. Yeah. Again, I mean not not fact checked. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not a scientist. That is my guess, but they do work nicely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and whether you buy a bag of frozen or if you have a I used to have a blueberry um bush in um um, one of my old homes and I would pick them, um, at, in the season and I would freeze them. Oh yeah. So, yes. Um, so yeah, yeah, I always said that I shared the tree with the, the deer cause the deer got the low hanging <laughs> ones and I got the, <laughs> the ones up high. Yeah. Nice. Lucky you. I was going to say, I, I tried having one like in just a pot and like, I never saw a thing come on it, but it could have been all the little critters just kept uh-huh. getting them. Growing up, we had a mulberry bush which um, I really wish I had now. <laughs> and that was, it was, man, it, that had so many berries on it. And, um, but it yeah. would just stain the heck out of the, uh, the, the cement or the concrete. concrete. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. That don't worry. We'll get to that. <laughs> it also stained shoes too, running through them. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Uh, all right. We better move on. So uh, cuisine for two salmon, um, something near and dear to my heart. I know, Maddie, you styled this. This was uh, but I love, you know, breakfast for dinner. So the crispy salmon hash is right up my alley, um, you know, and and really cooking salmon for weeknight could not be easier, whether you are um, putting it into the oven um, or doing a mix of searing it on the stovetop and then finishing it in the oven or just sauteing it all on the top of the stove. I mean, I nothing is easier for me than to, to um, I buy big sides of salmon, um, wild salmon, and then portion them up and wrap them and keep them in my freezer. So it's always an easy weeknight dinner for me. But this one just is, is more than just a 
sauteed piece of salmon. It's cooked with some red skinned potatoes and asparagus and leeks and dill. So you can't really get much more spring than that. And, um, and then of course a fried egg because a fried egg. <laughs> so <laughs> breakfast Yeah, this dish is not my cup of tea, but you know, those are always the dishes that I think I end up styling. It's probably uh-huh. because <laughs> you won't eat it before it gets to the <laughs> make it set without any nibbles. <laughs> think of that fried egg as a poor man's uh, hollandaise too. So. Exactly. Love that. Oh. Yeah, that's what everyone says, but I still just can't give myself like that. <laughs> I just love that eggs have become so uh, revered these days, um, especially a fried egg on top of anything and everything. <laughs> and then, um, like I was saying before, just, you know, pan-seared um, salmon is just a really easy thing. But this one is a little zhuzhed up with uh, a very easy orange glaze made out of orange marmalade and lime juice. I mean, and it's, uh, yeah, you can't get um, easier than that. But uh, yeah, so you just, it's like seven ingredients. <laughs> right, right. And same thing with the mixed, the sauteed mixed greens. I mean, you can pick your green of choice here. I uh, I do get a lot of times big bags of um, uh, an earth, earthbound farm um, makes them. They have these power greens that is a mix of um, spinach and kale and um, oh, yeah yeah they they sell them at Costco. They're massive big bags, but but anyway, you can get different size bags and and packages. And if you if you can't find that, then you can go with. Um, Spinach and a spinach and arugula blend, or some other kind of blend. I mean, you can stick with just spinach if you want, whatever it may be. But um, uh, if you don't sauté up greens now, you should, and especially if you've got greens that are going maybe a little south, and um, so you don't let them spoil. It's great to just um, add a little olive oil to a pan, a little bit of garlic, and then sauté up the greens, and then you've got them cooked, and you can, um, then you've got, you know, a side dish for, for whenever, so if you do have some greens going south, don't let them go south, just sauté them up. Um, they, uh, I went to a, a salmon factory in Cordova, Alaska, and a processing uh, plant, mm-hmm. and they actually have a machine, you have that tip about the pin bones. Yep. And they have a machine that flails the pin bones out. Really? And without really damaging the, the flesh of the salmon. It's just fascinating that it can do that. But it's not 100%. So sure. yeah, you might have, still have to look for those pin bones. But I, I was just amazed that they could do that. Wow. I always thought they were doing it as they came in, you know, to the grocery sure. store or whatever, to the fishmonger. But no, they're coming in pretty well wow. deep in. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess I don't really have this problem because I don't cook it that often, but I know, you know, in the test kitchen, having to work with it, those little things can be a little tricky. It <laughs> is really easy, though. When you have a filet, just run, run your hands up either side and you feel them right away. And mm-hmm. um, so easy to pull out. Well, let's move on to our uh, cover cover baby, our ham, our holiday ham. Oh, my gosh. This was so good. I don't eat ham that often, um, but the glaze on this, I mean, John, you styled it. It's gorgeous. Um, But it really is a pretty pretty simple and easy thing to do for for Easter, for any spring holiday. You've got a a bone-in, fully cooked ham butt, and you just cross-hatch the rind cover and basically steam it and then glaze and roast it it's as simple as that mm-hmm. and i love the then, blackberry too it's I, I think it's just not done or whatever and so right it was an unusual choice but it was an excellent choice and, and it's still very accessible people will enjoy it and yes it's not not really foreign by any right. means and sweet and, always compliments ham so well so correct and there's a nice little bit of rum in there too. <laughs> um, but we walk through the steps really of how to prep the ham um, and explain how to crosshatch, you know, wrapping it and why you're doing it and not letting the foil touch the ham and then basting it. And then we have a little buying guide there too on what to look for when you get to the store. Uh, but half a bone in, no slices removed and natural juices or water um 
added. Labels that read natural juices, no water added, or water added are all acceptable. Avoid anything that says ham and water product added. These hams are spongy and weak tasting. Um, anything you want to add on, on any of this, John? Well, you know, we have that note, do not let the foil touch the ham. Correct. And that has uh, more of a, a cosmetic warning because there's a reaction between the acids in the uh, blackberries and lemon. Right. And probably the alcohol that leave a little gradu that's not very pretty. It's not that the aluminum foil is toxic or anything. So, I mean, it doesn't create a toxic uh, right. problem whatsoever. It's just cosmetic. Right. Thank you. And then I'm going to move on. And these were sort of developed with the idea of perhaps um, serving at your uh, spring flings some nutritious side dishes or for any kind of, um, you know, anytime you really want a side dish. These were developed with being a little bit more nutritious. So, and are they perfect? No, but if, for example, instead of mashed potatoes, we're saying, why not try a parsnip puree with apples? You're getting a, a lot more fiber and a lot more um, nutritional benefits with that. And I will tell you first, the roasted radishes might not be something you've ever heard of or done, but they are delicious. And the yogurt and um, goat cheese dressing for me is delicious. It's it's definitely a little tang that goes with it, but I I loved it. And I would also say that the fennel mint salad, it's, it's the dressing on this one. It's got mint in it and that brightness of the mint and the freshness of the mint really works with the salad. And then when you have a little bit of extra ham and you add it on top of that salad, it's like a flavor explosion. Mm. It was so good. That's how I ate it. <laughs> yeah. um, I was going to get the radishes uh, and the tops, the, the greens and uh -huh. the radishes there are the radish tops. So it's important that you find really fresh radishes uh, with solid, uh, healthy looking greens on top for this to work nicely. Otherwise, I imagine you could use a spinach sort of arugula substitute. Sure. Uh, and where it says to uh, rinse those greens, rinse those greens two or three times, actually, because their radishes are in a lot of sand. And so. Sure. Yeah, it's they're important. root vegetable, mm -hmm. so they're in the ground. Then the uh, this was uh, something, the Ladera peas with dill and pecorino, and I had not heard of the Ladera style before, but it, it translates to with or in olive oil, and it's kind of a Greek style of preparing uh, vegetables, and it's um, kind of peasant-style cooking. So it's heavy on the olive oil, but you're not, it's not like you are glugging down all of the... <laughs> Yeah, in the image, that's not all olive oil. That's right. <laughs> it's cooked in water <laughs> and drizzled with olive oil. Right, right. But it's a uh, it's a night, you know, peas and 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 um, dill again, very very springy. And um, and I happen to love pecorino too. I love the yeah. the saltiness and the that that brings to that dish. Um, and I would think that if you didn't want to use pecorino, I would think that it would be a nice, especially given uh, its Greek origins, the Ladera style would be another alternative you could use instead of pecorino. All right, moving right along. Madeline, show some, your skillet some love. Yes, this was our cookbook section, and it was called the Skillet Love Cookbook. It has over 150 kind of recipes using our favorite thing in the test kitchen. Well, maybe not favorite, but one of our favorites, the cast right. iron skillet. <laughs> so this time we just kind of featured um, the seared lamb chops with tomato and mint slaw. You know, we thought, well, maybe for someone who was doing a downsized Easter this year, it'd be a good alternative instead of doing a ham in case everyone's still kind of keeping to themselves and not doing big Easter gatherings. Yeah, or any hot spring holiday. Totally. Um, and then it also paired with some sorghum glazed cauliflower bites, which was mighty tasty. And mm -hmm. with the lamb chops also came a tomato and mint slaw, which really brought in some nice fresh flavor to go with that seared lamb chop. Well, and the nice thing is, too, neither of them are going to keep you in the kitchen long. I mean, they're both done in 45 minutes or less. So. Exactly. And they were very tasty. And there was a lot of other recipes. So we were kind of limited just because you know, there was so much fun stuff to put into this issue that it, you know, we narrowed it down to two of the recipes that were some of our favorites. 
this is just a sidebar and it has nothing apropos to the, the food itself, <laughs> but that spoon in the cauliflower shot, I grew up with, that was a family spoon. My mom stirred many a gravy with that spoon. Oh. So it's just, <laughs> I donated a bunch of our old oh. silverware to our prop shop at work. So love it's that, so John. to see that I recognize it <laughs> immediately. <laughs> love that. Um, all right, let's move into wares. We focused on vegetable peelers. And John, you um, peeled and uh, uh, shaved and <laughs> whittled yeah. uh, many, many <laughs> fruits and vegetables away. Um, and uh, I always love uh, your sort of uh, recap and analysis of what you've tested and how you've gone about it. And um, I always think it's really fun and, and charming. Um, but you, is there anything you want to kind of give a call out to or? Um, well, you know, I, 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 the tools that I choose to um, test always, I want to look for a few of the more unusual ones because if you go through, you know, you do your research, you see the same sharpened tools, you see the same peelers over and over again. And, and I thought, well, there's got to be other products out there. So I do look a lot harder, a uh, little deeper for those five-star products. And I'm always surprised by uh, designs and design uh, there's a very similar one to this uh, Chef and Palm wasabi green peeler, but it doesn't work at all. But this one worked really, really well, but it's the same design. It's supposed to fit in the palm of your hand. Um, and then I know we've talked about this. Robin's a big fan of the Y peeler. I, I have trouble with them for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Again, going back to my childhood, it was always really important to, uh, you know, pick those eyes out of the potatoes. So, you know, those little eye, eye poker things, potato eye pokers are. And you uh, do call out in your, and you do call out in your copy too the, that what a Y peeler is because I don't think yeah. everybody actually knows what a Y peeler is, but it's named that way because of the shape of the handle. And yeah, you see kind of where the KitchenAid is, where they have two side by yeah. side. The one on the left is the Y peeler. So. It's and so, yeah. yeah. Anything else on peelers that you want to um, mention? It was a good thing that no? uh, we chose peelers because I had all those carrots to peel. So. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, mm -hmm. Well, and Robin and I did a, just our last podcast was about um, breakfast breads and we talked about muffin, the muffins and bagels. So we won't kind of dive into that too much other than uh, if you've never made homemade English muffins, now's your chance because you've got a great recipe. And I'm just going to say if, if that just because it's easy and good and doesn't really lure you, um, for me, just the nooks and crannies and butter is enough to, to get me off, you know, off the dime. But the ultimate breakfast sandwich certainly should be reason to consider making homemade English muffins. And I guess you could say you could make the, the ultimate breakfast sandwich with purchased English muffins, but that's not as fun. <laughs> right. But it's a <laughs> sandwich. <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> okay. Madeline, back up. Bring sippers. Oh, yes. So, <laughs> you know, I've been doing these for a while now with, you know, everyone's help. But this one was kind of fun because we haven't really done a punch. So the uh -huh. first one up was it's called the Fizzy Bunny Punch. You know, we thought with the holiday. So cute. And <laughs> so cute and fun. And I don't know about you guys, but I know at... Um, like different showers and stuff, there always seems to be a punch with some sherbet, sherbet, <laughs> can't even say it right now. Sure. <laughs> um, you know, so it was kind of a riff on that, but the, the reason why we're calling it bunny was because we do use some carrot juice, which I have never tried, oh. and it was kind of a fun little additive to this punch. So kind of went with the title, yeah. subtle. But, you yeah. know, if you don't like it, you don't have to use it. But it is kind of it is, oh. it was a nice little balance. It was I good. love carrot juice. <laughs> yeah. I've never had it. No, and it wasn't, you know, or it wasn't like you were chewing carrots or tasting carrots necessarily at all. It was, it was carrot. Just, you felt more, you felt more nutritious, <laughs> had more nutrition carrot in it. Carrot juice tends to be a little sweeter. Like when you're making a smoothie or any kind of a, um, uh, 
kind of a juice from a juice bar or something, carrots usually added to sweeten. Um, so it's, yeah. Um, In this case, it was more like to dull the sweetness because of all the other. <laughs> other things, right? To balance it out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But no, it was um, good. And, you know, and you can purchase that. You don't have to spend the time actually juicing your carrot, you know, so it is available. <laughs> um, uh, the other one we did was a strawberry gin smash. Once again, strawberries are popular in the springtime. Um, mm -hmm. And Pam, I think you've done a smash before. And so that was kind of, you know. I think I have. Um, and so that was kind of the the take behind that. Uh, it was strawberries, some uh, water, sugar, you know, a little simple syrup, some basil, gin, lemon juice, and some club soda. And that one was really refreshing, too. It was mm -hmm. good. The other thing behind all these, I tried to use kind of a different kind of booze. So in case someone isn't a fan of, you know, gin or isn't a fan of bourbon, you know, there was kind of something there for everyone. But like sure. I said, they're all able to kind of um, be swapped in and out. Um, and then you made a sour. Sours are super popular. Um, and this one was uh, blackberry um, flavored, which I love. Yes. And um, I actually did like a honey simple syrup with this uh -huh. kind of to add another kind of flavor element to it because it is kind of tart. Um, so this one had bourbon, a honey simple syrup and some lemon juice and lime juice and some blackberries, which kind of gave it that nice little color. And the real one that I bet a lot of people are really going to want and, and gravitate towards is the light margarita. Yes. And this one came because, um, I think we posted something a while ago, a kind of about like, what are our subs on our social media? Like, what do you guys want to see? Is there something you guys are interested or want more of? And one of the number one, uh, things people requested was a good light margarita. So that was kind of one of my missions because I love margaritas in general. So I'll never turn up my nose to testing with tequila and <laughs> anything margarita related. Um, so the good thing behind this is to kind of keep in mind is a good tequila goes far. You know, since you are trying to limit the sugar and the calories, pick a good quality tequila to really, you know, um, make a difference in a light margarita. And then along with some fresh fruit juices, no sour mix. And no just sour a mix. Agave. Ever. Ever. <laughs> I know. It's you so know. sweet. Yeah. It's just ridiculously sweet. Yeah. Well, and I think, Madeline, I think, Madeline, I love to call you that. Um, um, I think good tequila is a rule of thumb anytime, <laughs> whether it's a light <laughs> margarita or not. <laughs> yeah. I do like margaritas made with a little orange juice because it is a natural sweetener for it and as opposed to honey or agave or something like that. So I do like uh, relying on that. And then you just kind of use the minimal amount of agave um, just to kind of keep it light and not too right. sweet. And if you don't want to have the agave, it's fine as is. If you like them a little more on the tart side or add sure. a little more orange juice, um, it's so flexible. Right. Well, I should say I say that people should try it and let us know what they think and tell us how they're making their light margaritas. <laughs> <laughs> Pressure's on now. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, so then we did our all about this issue was coconut, and then our one in four was coconut. And I'm just going to do one little mention. We got a reader comment about um, cracking coconuts. And in the copy, we suggest or tell you how to do that. To crack the coconut, use a hammer to break it into pieces. So once you've, um, uh, yeah, drained all the, the liquid out of it, we tell you how to do that. Or you can wrap it in the towel, gather the ends, and hurl the co coconut onto something that's a very hard surface, we say such as cement. We kind of got schooled from by a reader and said cement is not the proper term. It is concrete because cement, uh, John, you can explain it better than I can. Cement is an ingredient in concrete. Thank you. <laughs> Similar like to sugar, like... What do you say? Flour and Flour and sugar, sugar in a cake. Right. You wouldn't, yeah, you wouldn't call so, it a cake or wouldn't call it banging it against sugar. Uh, mea copa. Um, it did, it did, was cleared by our uh, copy editor, um, but um, apparently we none learned, of us are engineers or. Uh, correct. 
Correct. <laughs> or just use pre-mixed concrete. Correct. <laughs> well, basically a hard surface, folks. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then for one and four, we have a couple sweet and a couple of savory recipes. We I did a joyful coconut almond macaroon and really the what we did there is we took some chocolate almond um, kiss candies. So we made our, our macaroon mixture and then scooped them with a small scoop and then put the little kiss in the bottom, turned them out onto the baking sheet and then cooked them and then drizzled them at the end with a little um, chocolate and ganache. And yeah, they're poppable, they're lovable and they're fun and um, they're great for any spring holiday. <laughs> Or, or snacking. And then, Maddie, you did the uh, coconut date bars, I know, with macadamia nuts. Yeah, so I was kind of intrigued by these. Um, it has unsweetened shredded coconut, medjool dates, along with some cocoa nibs and some coconut sugar, along with coconut oil, some salt, and a little water. So we are really hitting in all those coconut ingredients in this one. But it comes together really easy. You pretty much throw it all into the food processor and you process it until they're like crumb sized. Add the oil and some water while it's running just to kind of clump it together. And then you press it in firmly into your pan. Um, and I did keep a little coconut um, of the shredded unsweetened coconut out. So you can kind of top with it to just give it a little more of that coconut along the top and then freeze until you're ready to slice into them and eat them. This reminds me a little of I um, RX bars and now they have egg white in them as a binder, but date is the, the main ingredient. And then there's other additives in there. So that's what it reminds me of a little bit. Yeah. And you did mention the um, coconut sugar and kind of trying to hit on coconut oil and all that. The macaroons could be made with granulated or coconut sugar. And we do tell you that if you are using coconut sugar, that it will turn them a little darker, um, the macaroons. Um, and there is, um, we do discuss uh, coconut sugar in Q&A too, if people are, are ask your editor, um, the editor. So if you're interested in that. And then John, this I know was something you uh, worked on and you loved the coconut poached shrimp. Yeah, uh, the, the coconut poached shrimp, I was skeptical of that it would take the, the coconut flavor, but uh -huh. no, it, it's good and powerful. It's there. It stands up to it. Both the coconut shrimp and the uh, opposite page, the coconut crusted onion rings. Mm -hmm. I don't think either of them made them out of the studio after we shot them. So. <laughs> I think you're right. Once again, another fried thing that I did. Yeah. <laughs> but man, they were good. Yeah. <laughs> Well, because it was kind of like this one, I, I was more curious if it would work because once, you know, I'm going to try using coconut milk, you know, it's not very, you know, it just depends on kind of what you're doing. Um, and then I also, you know, tossed them in some unsweetened shredded coconut as well to kind of really, you know, once again, play on the multiple coconut ingredients. Um, and I didn't know how much coconut flavor would really come through, but it is kind of a nice, subtle coconut with the onion. Mm-hmm. But man, those were good. Bravo. So good. Yeah, <laughs> my note. So good. So good. So good. Uh, okay. Ham encores. Faster with fewer. We've got a variety of, of goodies here. I think my fave probably are the ham corn cakes with cheddar. <laughs> but there's a, a slaw with ham and ramen. There's a soup. And then there's a sandwich. A grilled cheese and ham sandwich. Um, they were all kind of mainstream kind of recipes, but they all had just, kind of, you know, we added ham to them and it was just kind of a fun little mix of all different recipes from like a breakfast brunch idea to an any, you know, to a few anytime kind of recipes, mm -hmm. all so easy and delicious. Yeah. So if you, uh, we recommend you, you take a look, um, a solid look at the, um, the ham with the blackberry glaze. And don't worry if you think you've got leftovers. We give you ideas on what to do with those leftovers. I say you can put it on top of the salad as well as weave it into any and all of these recipes in Faster with Fewer. All good. They're all, all good. For Q&A, you know, it's morel season. So uh, we have gotten questions on how to clean morels. So we um, 
get into that. We talk about watercress. It's if you don't eat watercress, it's something you should consider because it really is one of the the what is it? It's it ranks number one for nutrient density on the Center for Disease Control and Prevention's powerhouse fruits and vegetable list. And it boasts over 100 percent of the RDI for vitamin K and it's rich in vitamins A and C. It's it is a great ingredient and I think it's really overlooked, but uh, you can buy it in bags at um, at stores now. It's it used to be very hard to find, but you can pretty much find it year round in you know the produce bags that you would find in for lettuce or something like that. And as mentioned, we do a we do talk about coconut sugar and whether it tastes like coconut um, and kind of is it a little healthier for you or something. It is a one-to-one replacement for granulated white sugar, which makes it easy. And it goes through much less processing than refined white sugar. So it does retain some of the beneficial nutrients, but it doesn't taste like coconut, but it still is sugar. So it has the same number of calories, but they might be a little bit healthier calories or more nutritious calories. So, and then we talk about, we get into answering your questions on when you hard cook eggs, because a lot of people are doing that this time of the year, we're telling you how to uh, cook your eggs so you can hopefully avoid that green ring. And then let's get to our pièce de résistance, the coconut cake that Robin made. It's um, it's as tasty as it is gorgeous to look at. So it's coconut. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was another big shout out. Uh, we've gotten a lot of um, uh, positive response on on um, social media about coconut and the coconut um, kind of uh, slant of this issue. So people are very happy about that. I'm glad. I'm glad that they like that because, you know, we like coconut. I'm glad <laughs> are sharing that with us. Well, and wasn't this coconut cake a little bit relied on your grandmother's coconut cake is that right or not am i wrong about that well her cake wasn't like this but she oh okay was, she really was that was her thing she was really okay. with coconut cake okay um, but this is not my grandma's coconut cake okay <laughs> not your mama's cake <laughs> Um, but there is coconut in every every part of this cake there we have coconut in the in the cake layers and there is coconut in the in the pastry cream and then there's coconut flavoring in the in the frosting itself too so you should get that coconut pow in every bite the pastry cream goes between the layers and that's got coconut milk in there and actually uh shredded coconut and some coconut flavoring and so i kind of like that one there's coconut milk in the cake and also chopped coconut. So you don't really, it doesn't taste, I don't wanna say it's stringy because sometimes coconut can be stringy. So I, I chopped the coconut that went into the cake also. So you get the flavor, but you don't get, when you bite into it, you just taste the coconut, but you don't have strings of coconut in there. Well, and I'm gonna say special shout out to you too, because coconut is one of, can be an elusive flavor. It can be hard to achieve uh, when you want to. And so I think you really achieved that here, Robin, <laughs> with coconut and all of the elements. Yeah. Well, thanks. And that you're right. It is hard to get coconut to come through. And so that was my goal to put it in, in every single aspect of the cake. So coconut would come through and it, I don't think it, it doesn't like, wow, coconut is overwhelming. Right. I think it just is coconut. Yeah, you know what it is without it being, and it's not fake coconut. It is, it's, it's a fresh coconut f flavor and feel. Um, but I also want to bring up one thing because just the name, the name ermine, 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 uh, frosting, yeah. also known as boiled milk frosting, old school. <laughs> it is, it is old school, and I never knew the name for it. And uh, and so I, when I saw that name, I was like, "That's what it's called." It's where you, <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, that makes sense." Um, and I love that frosting. Um, it would have been easy to go with like a cream cheese or something like that on this cake, um, or a seven minute frosting or something. But uh, this is where you you know you make the the milk and the flour. You and you and you you know make boil it. Yeah, you boil it, you kind of make a paste out of it, and you let it cool, and you beat it in. Um, mm -hmm. and there's a, you know, there's, it's an old 
<clears throat> old frosting, you know, an old, old, old school frosting um, that doesn't get used a lot, um, mm -hmm. but it's a rich frosting and it's easy. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I think it works. I think it works with this. Sure. I mean, you've got whole milk flour basically to, you know, thicken and whatnot, but, and then you've got sugar and a lot of butter. Don't look too closely at the NAs. <laughs> yeah. A special indulgence. Well, it's a dessert and it is. So, you know, uh, balance and everything. Um, yes. you, know, you wouldn't want to sit down and eat a quarter of the cake. Um, you, you, you shouldn't. It's <laughs> in one sitting, <laughs> uh, right? Um, but you know, be mindful as we as we should with our diet. And um, if you're consciously very careful with your calories, um, then maybe dessert isn't something you're you're working with right now. But if you're mindful of yourself, uh, then go you know ahead. they always say. Everything in moderation, because if you don't, if you, you know, starved yourself of those desserts, the one time you finally give in, you're going to go all in crazy and splurge a little too much than you would have just having a little sliver. Addie, you're absolutely right. So, you know, everything in moderation, just, you know, be mindful of, of what, what you're eating and enjoy it. Savor and it. You, you could also do like my, um, my college roommate's um, Aunt Ruthie, she always started with dessert. She ate her dessert before she ate anything else to make sure that she got that in. Oh, so she had a balanced diet, but she started with dessert. I, I did that with my birthday. <laughs> yeah. My birthday was recent, and, and, and um, so I, I had birthday cake, and I'm like, well, we're having cake first. <laughs> <laughs> then if we feel like it, we'll have dinner, but we're having cake first. There you go. There you go. Well, um, folks, I think uh, that takes us to the end. And we are, um, thanks for joining us today. Thank you all for being here with me. If you don't have an issue, uh, go to cuisineathome.com and order a subscription to get the latest, hottest issue right off the presses, our spring 2021 issue with the big ham on the cover. Lots of goodies for spring. Yeah, we are continually working in the test kitchen and working on new recipes every day and look forward to having you join us here the next time when we'll talk uh, more about food on Must Love Food. So thanks for joining us today, folks, and see you the next time. Bye-bye. Visit our site to learn about special offers, new products, and more for purchase. We offer live cooking seminars from pasta making and cast iron cooking to pie baking and stir frying techniques. Our special interest publications feature recipes centered around certain topics like feel good food and slow cooker dinners. We also offer custom Cuisine at Home branded kitchen tools such as aprons, cutting boards, and bench knives. Shop all of our offerings at cuisineathome.com.